It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1 Red Review. Hello and welcome to this week's Red Review. I am Alan Davidson and this week I'm joined as always by Dave Galloway and by former Aberdeen and Scotland manager Craig Brown. Well, after 90 minutes yesterday, it looked like it was going to be a very different show, but a late goal from Andy Considine and an extra time winner from Sam Cosgrove's cheered us all up a bit, hasn't it, Dave? Uh, certainly has. Uh, never in doubt, he lies. Uh, it was... It was a pretty uh, traumatic day. I wasn't at the game. Uh, perhaps that was a, a good thing. I was spending some quality time with uh, family in Glasgow and I was discreetly um, keeping track on the game's progress. And uh, it was quite a, quite a stressful afternoon. Um, but I feel for the, the fans um, who were at the game and obviously for the, for the players and for the management team, etc. But um, job done in the end. Yep, and Craig, like the manager touched on after the game yesterday, doesn't really matter how you get it done in a cup tie as long as you're through. We're in the next round. Well, I think I go along with that uh, because I remember when we won the League Cup and Derek managed to win it for us, on the way there, we had a home game with Alloa and I think it went to penalties. Now, when you're winning, when you win the Cup, no one thinks back, oh, we had a struggle at home against Alloa. Now, the same will happen here. When we win it, <laughs> not saying if, I'm saying when right. we win it this time. Yes. Folk will look back and no one will remember the struggle. It was a struggle, there's no doubt. Uh, I was looking and saying, where are we going to take the penalties? Which end? That's what I actually thought. And I said, I hope they take it at the Aberdeen end because we had a wonderful support there. Uh, 2,900, I think they sold just under 3,000 tickets. The place was packed with Aberdeen fans and I think Eric... Uh, Derek uh, regularly acknowledges the terrific support we get from the fans and I thought the fans were immense uh, down there and, and lifted the team. The interesting thing I was saying to the chairman sitting beside the chairman during the game, I said, if, if this had been a home game, a lot of them would have been away, but they don't go away in the away game because obviously they're going to wait, wait to the rest come the, the loyal ones, the really loyal ones come to the bus. So... Every fan stayed to the very end. I thought they realised the team was committed. The team was trying its best to overcome the adversity. And uh, I think they got the reward when we managed to win the game. Absolutely. And Dave, I think we've, we've touched on in the past and on various shows about how good that Aberdeen away support is. And I think after a couple of disappointing results, it would have been easy for fans to stay at home. But to make the trip down the road really shows the commitment of that support. Yeah, to have filled a whole end at Dens Park and to actually outnumber the home support was absolutely wonderful from the Red Army because, you know, understandably, there was bitter disappointments um, amongst the fans, myself included, at the, the, the last three results. I mean, the, the St Mirren one was, you know, really hard to take. And then the nature of the defeat by the Eka, um, let's just say on the Thursday night, it took me a long, long time to get off to sleep. Um, so it, it's great to, you know stumble over the line and let's put that behind us and, and move on and hopefully play better and, and get some results and get some consistency um, going and you know maybe just take a, a reality check. I think that's what some fans should maybe do because let's face it, the reaction um, from certain people on social media has been more than a little over the top for me. Yeah, it's it's been extreme to say the least, Craig. Um, yeah. And I think 
There is there is some and they will name remain nameless on Twitter who love to go after the manager and also love to go after Andy Considine. Yeah, it's it's the usual it's the usual dozen or so people. Oh, I was glad Andy Andy uh, scored the goal, you know, which obviously uh, took the pressure off him a little. But I think it's very unfair because Andy's the most loyal, committed mm. Aberdeen player, and I hate to see anyone criticise any Aberdeen player. But to pick out Andy Considine, who is 100% committed to Aberdeen, gives everything he has for it. He's the most popular guy in the dressing room, they tell me. And I think that's very unfair. But talking about the fans, it will be a terrific scramble now for tickets for Tynecastle because there will be a restricted number and I can see another uh, issue in the ticket office at Petod. It's a good issue because, you know, they're saying, why did he get a ticket and I haven't got a ticket? You know, there will be a great... uh, Clamber for tickets. Interesting talking about the the Hearts home game when we were down and won three two. Jason Hill, who runs the shop, said to me immediately after the game and the next day I was in and the people coming in for uh, new jerseys and you know scarves and things, and he said if we'd been winning three nothing, and Hearts had scored two, and we won three two, I wouldn't have had the same response in the shop. But when you're two one down, and you score the last goal. It's a huge psychological difference. Yeah, the, uh, and the place was packed after the game. Mm. The se- the scenes for the the winning goal were amazing. I, I I love seeing the you know the the player that scores the winning goal um, leaping into the crowd um, <laughs> as 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 Hedges did and and yeah okay he got booked he he transgressed the the laws of the game but you know I think I think it's a it's a nonsense rule if you can he. If you can't celebrate when you score a dramatic late winner, you know, what are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah, he seemed to run to Lewis Ferguson's father. Just yeah. <laughs> I know I noticed that actually. When I when I looked in the crowd, I'm like, that looks like Derek Ferguson. <laughs> that is Derek Ferguson. I'm sure that went down well with the Hearts fans. <laughs> yes. well, well, I don't think that would go down too well. But uh, you know, it showed the enthusiasm the guy's got already for the club. You know, he ran and he was uh, that was kind of unbounded enthusiasm and you you love that. Which picked the yeah. new player coming up from England. You wonder how long will he take to settle in and to get the feel of the city here? Because I've played for three teams in Scotland, I've managed three teams in Scotland, I've worked for three teams in England, nine clubs, and the one club with the goodwill which is exceptional is Aberdeen. By far the best loved club of them all in the local community uh, is Aberdeen, and you know, it sometimes takes you a while to get that feeling. But Hedges obviously <laughs> had it right away, and when he scored the goal, it's great. It wasn't long before when I came up, you know, and I'm saying, you know, I left Motherwell to come here. I'm saying, what's it going to be like in in Aberdeen? But within a few days, you realise the goodwill towards the club. And even when you lost the game, you're in this queue in the supermarket, and the old dear saying, "That was hard luck, son." <laughs> no, nobody was bitter to your face anyway. I'm <laughs> sure you would get it on your phone in, but. You know, I found the goodwill, and I always uh, tell people that that you know this is a a one a one city club, mm-hmm. you know, or a one club city rather in, in in the city of Aberdeen. And of course, I played at Dundee for quite a while, and uh, you know, there's always a there's a conflict there between the two clubs. But here, and I was at Preston, one club. I was at Derby, one club. But Aberdeen, everyone in this area is committed here, and it's great. Oh, like I said, it just shows the, the the backing of the fans that we've got here. Um, and I think it's the, just touching back on the Dundee thing. It is a shame that we don't have either of the Dundee clubs in the top flight this season. Because I think it showed uh, at the weekend 
what what it means to the fans, how easy it is for the fans to get down there. We always take a big backing down there. Um, I think I remember it would have been your last game at United, was it Craig? Yes, probably. Yeah, yes, I, I your, so. your, yeah. your last game in charge was oh, yeah. down at United. I remember being down there. United got the winner in the <laughs> yeah. last minute. I think. Right, it was a sad I, game. I, I do remember being down there. And even, even from as far back as that, the support we take to Dundee is phenomenal every single time, either right. side of the city. I'll, yeah. I'll never forget the, the banner, the, the big banner, the shed is red. Aye. That was good. That was good to see. No, you like a, a local derby, and you can't get a more local derby for Aberdeen than the two Dundee venues. Mm. Now, with them away... You can hardly call you know, Inverness or way, but it wasn't a local derby. I thought that was a, a bit of a road to get there. It's an easier drive to Glasgow than it is to Inverness. Mm. So yeah, you would have a local derby with Celtic or Rangers rather than with Inverness in terms of travel. So the Dundee team, I think they're a loss for us in the Premier League. Yeah, oh, ab- definitely. Absolutely. And again, yesterday, big Sam Cosgrove showing his value, Dave. You know, I'm I'm running out of platitudes for this young man who just seems to get better and better and better. Never in anybody's wildest dreams could we have imagined when Derek signed a player that nobody had ever heard of up here for 20 grand from Carlisle United. Nobody would have expected him to make anything like the impact that he made. In fact, a good few people were like, well, who's he? What's he going signing him for? What? What's all that about? But, hey, that, you know... That gives kudos to the the manager's uh, judgment, doesn't it? He obviously saw something in him, and he's forced his way into the team, and he's you know he's never looked back. He just he's added so much to his game as well. He's not just an out and out poacher. He's you know he's adding more to his game. He's scoring more different types of goals. So you know just just give him the service, and he'll he'll get the goal. Yeah, I spoke to Joe Harper, and I said to Joe last season when he got to twelve goals. Big uh, Sam. I said to Joe, Sam's doing well in the last month or so. He's got 12 goals. Joe said, ah, he's only got 194 to go to catch me. <laughs> 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 you know, but, Joe, but to be fair, Joe's very complimentary about him. And, you know, if anyone knows a striker, it's Joe Harper. And uh, I love Joe, of course. And what he says, I listen to and what he writes. I, you know, I read and I really tune into what Joe feels. But he was joking, of course, uh, about Big Sam. But. I don't think he'll maybe get the 200 and odd goals that Joe got, but he's on the way, and it's great to see that. Oh, well, that's it, and I think it's. I think there was a real concern amongst fans when Adam Rooney left. Um, how how were we going to replace those goals? Yeah. Um, and it looks like Derek's found it in Sam. Yeah, it, it, he certainly has. What I would like to see, though, Alan, is uh, somebody to take a bit of the strain off him. Um, main, he's still got a lot to prove. Um, but hopefully if he gets the right service, he can chip in with a few goals, maybe take a bit of the strain off uh, Big Sam's shoulders. Yeah, can I say something I saw there recently? Because I went to see the Aberdeen young team playing Devonvale in the Aberdeenshire Cup, and there was one senior player in the squad on that occasion, and I looked, and who is it? It's Stevie May. Now, I said, well, they'll identify Stevie as a danger. Well, in the first five minutes, he got two... Horrendous tackles, you know. And, wow. I thought, and down he went with the second one. I said, Stevie May, if his attitude isn't right, he's got a great excuse to limp off because, I mean, he was really assaulted with this opponent. And down he went, he got treatment, he got up, and he, he, he limped for a while. And then he played the rest of the game enthusiastically, encouraged all the young players, wanted the ball, looked. And, and I'm saying to myself now, all the years in football, 
when you get a guy who's you know got a first team reputation and he's got a goal scoring record as he had, he's put into the reserves to play there. His attitude sometimes can be questionable, but I've got to compliment Stevie May. And I actually said to Tony Tony Doherty afterwards, I said, Tony, he he wasn't at the match. I said that guy there was a credit to the club and to himself. And if you're another every game you play, somebody sees you. I always say that to players. Don't think because it's the reserves or you're playing an overage player on the youth team, you will always be seen. Now, anyone watching Stevie May there would say this guy's attitude is exemplary. To play in the young team, to get assaulted and get an excuse to come off and he stayed on and he was excellent. So, you know, it's unfortunate that Stevie hasn't hit the goal trail that he had at St Johnston. You know, we've been unlucky, I think, with Stevie and maybe with the boy Maynard, who had a good reputation in England. But making up for them is Sam Cosgrove. He's undoubtedly, he's the man of the moment. Mm. That's of, of the three, Dave, I think that's the one you wouldn't have expected to be the the, the, the star well, man. Well, he hadn't the reputation yeah, that no, the others absolutely. had. But he's come through and he's, I think, compliment to the coaching staff to get him to where he's got. Yeah, for such for such a big guy, he's got uh, he's got he's got a lot of skill. He's certainly not a a, a one trick pony, and I, I look forward to his uh, continued development. But like I say, it would be nice to have somebody up alongside him that can also take the strain and also score goals because there will be times when Cosgrove is injured. Um, and the big question is, who's going to come in? Who's going to fill that void? That's it. That's it. Well, on I'm glad you didn't say Scott was suspended. <laughs> 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 because, he's, you know, he sometimes is on the brink there, you know. With, with yeah, well, it, he, he, it's because of... I always look at a striker and I say, how would I like to play against him? I would hate to play against Cosgrove as a defender because he puts himself about... He's a big, awkward guy. Yeah, and yeah. as well as the skill he's got, the ability in the air... I saw his first game, and it was against Kilmarnock Reserves at Rugby Park, and I said to Derek, I said... This guy directs headers. He doesn't just head it. He doesn't win it. He directs his headers. And I thought, we've got that. The first impression was very good. But then he kind of fell away for a wee while when he was introduced into the first team. But all the ability was still there, and we're seeing it now. Yeah, and I think he did. He was. It was a slight worry that he was booked so early on against Dundee, and he had to, he had to go through the rest of that game yes, without, with, <laughs> without getting himself sent off with that referee. Yes, yeah. yes, um, that referee, that referee. Our friend. <laughs> I did, and I, did, I was saying to Lewis just before we started recording, um, I did say to Lewis on the very first podcast of the series, I bet you the first time we get Willie calling me books, Andy Considine. <laughs> I, I think um, the the Twitter parody of um, Willie Collum, that summed him up perfectly, but I won't say any more or probably be done for slander yeah <laughs> none of us run that Twitter account just so we're clear no, it's nothing us, to do with us. us a friend told me about it <laughs> right <laughs> before you get yourself in trouble Dave let's have Keep a look digging. Let, let's have a look through some of the weekend's other games and see how we got on in the Red Friday predictor um, as well as usual Dave didn't yes. go uh, so starting Motherwell Hearts uh, well, I went for Motherwell one Hearts nil. I thought Hearts are on a a, a, a real downer. Um, Motherwell, especially at home, are strong, um, but just shows how little I know, doesn't it? Oh, well, I went Motherwell one Hearts two. Nice three points for me, and I've no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I was away last. I was away last week and got a message from Dave McDermott on Friday saying you still haven't sent me your predictions. 
So I rattled through them and did better than I normally do. Shows how little I know, Craig. No, no, you've just got to be lucky sometimes. <laughs> but no, heart, hearts through. Then I think one of the big surprises of the weekend, Celtic Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, will we see how uh, I've got Craig's uh, scores yes, as well. Will we, we we'll do them? Um, Craig went for Motherwell one, Hearts one, so um, no points there. Zero points Sorry, for Red Craig. Army. Uh, Celtic Dunfermline. Um, uh, Craig went for Celtic four nil. Uh, I went for Celtic five nil. But uh, how close were we to an almighty um, shock? I I really thought that one was probably panning out to be uh, one one and extra time and then who knows yeah no I think uh, that could have been really difficult for Neil Lennon yeah um, if that if that hadn't gone the right way well it reminded me of a game I saw when uh, Clyde beat Celtic in the Scottish Cup and it was Roy Keane's first game oh yes and the man of the match in that occasion will be interesting to you guys here it was Craig Bryson Bryson played for Clyde and oh, he was that's outstanding. Right. That's he had, right. He had, they, they, they were saying, and I do believe, I saw the game, I sat with Doogie Donnelly, we were both Clyde fans, and uh, Bryson was outstanding. And the new signing, the big new signing uh, for uh, Roy Keane for Celtic didn't get a kick at the ball because mm. of the excellence of Craig Bryson. Did Duway not play in that game? The Chinese captain, I think. Um, Duway, I think, played for Celtic. I think so, and, yeah. uh, um, he was being dismissed as uh, not. Never mind Duway, uh, more like Dulali after uh-huh, that performance, yeah. and and I, I don't think he lasted terribly long in yeah, the hoops. But when you think of you know Dunfermline, because that game was up to played away game for uh, Celtic, mm. a home game against Dunfermline, you know, but I thought it should have been straightforward. And then on to our next game in the predictor was Kilmarnock against Hamilton. Went at home again, extra time required for, for Kelly against Hamilton. Yeah, I went for Kilmarnock nil, Hamilton 1. Craig went for Kilmarnock 2, um, Hamilton 1. You just you don't know what you're going to get with Kilmarnock, do you? Because, I, I mean, I saw them, I've touched on this in a previous podcast, I saw them absolutely woeful, especially in the second half against Connors Key, Nomads, Kelly. Um, absolutely dreadful. They looked uh, bereft of any confidence, any cohesion, but... Um, you know, um, maybe maybe things are slowly starting to click into gear for um, Mr. Alessio. Well, I think well, I spoke to the Hamilton manager at the game yesterday. He was in the boardroom, Brian Rice, and I said to him, "How are Kilmarnock?" And he, he said, "We've played them the last two games," and he said, "I do think you should beat them all right." <laughs> you know, he was. I want. I don't want to be uncomplimentary to Kilmarnock, but he didn't think they were anything like they were last season. In fact, he said that. He said there's a big change there and I think they'll have to come good soon because it's a, a depressing team. The team's a bit depressed. So he gave great confidence to us to think that, you know, we're playing Kilmarnock on Saturday and hopefully Brian's right that they're on a downer at the moment, he said. And when there's an atmosphere about the team and about the place which is nothing like it used to be, he said. Yeah, well, I think it just shows what a job Steve, Steve, Steve Clark did last season in, ma- in making kind of that, that squad greater than the, the sum of its parts exactly which can only bode well for, for Scotland going forward exactly compliment to the manager of course I always say to Steve you know I picked him for the Scottish team but I always say to him 
Uh, how, do, how do you like being the manager of the second best team in Ayrshire? Now, he's got a dry sense of humour. He said to me, the third he best. Does. He says, did Auchin like Talbot not beat your team? Because <laughs> <laughs> I joke with him, I'm a near United fan, because I lived in Ayr. And he says, hey, I was manager of the third best team in Ayrshire. But he's, a, he's got a good dry sense of humour. I like Steve. So, and then up next, Partick, Ross County. Big yeah. big win for Gary Caldwell. Yeah, I, that that's got to go down as a as, as a big shock, um, especially as uh, Ross County uh, took the lead, and it was uh, former Partick player Blair Spittle that um, scored it, and then he was apparently mocking the home support and you know doing the shh uh, to the home support, but um, uh, it, it kind of backfired in the end, didn't it? I had. Um, 3-1 Ross County. Um, yeah, as did I, actually. Um, Craig went for a Desmond, a 2-2. Um, so, a great a great one for, for Partick Thistle. And, and like you say, Gary Caldwell, that's a, a, a feather in his cap. But that, that's got to go down as a big shot because Ross County have had a, a good start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Partick now off the Celtic. Be believing after Celtic against Dunfermline, I don't think there's any reason Partick yeah. can't go and upset them as well. I like I like the way they kept um, Celtic and Rangers as far apart as is humanly possible in the draw. Um, I'm not being cynical at all, am I? Maybe I am. <laughs> uh, you know, Celtic were out first, and I think Rangers were out last, weren't they? I'm leaving you well alone on this, Dave. Aye, I'm not going after the. The SPFL with conspiracy theories. That's on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I can. Oh, there goes there goes the phone now. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave you to keep digging here, mate. They got they got they got easy draws. They did get easy draws uh, for the next round. Uh, Aberdeen have got a tough one though, haven't they? Hearts yeah. away. That's that's going to be difficult. Oh, else, elsewhere on the Premier League sides, yep. Hibs, Hibs making difficult work of it against Morton. Um, and then the only top flight side that actually seemed to do what we expected them to was Rangers. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think the initial stages of the game were, were pretty nip and tuck. East Five very well organised, working hard, digging in, putting up a, a good defensive uh, formation. But Rangers eventually wore them down, and you know, as soon as uh, Defoe put them ahead, it was you know it was pretty much um, well there was an air of inevitability about the outcome. And, um, I, I went for 4-0 Rangers, um, Craig went for 6-0 Rangers, but we got the we got the, the nil for East Fife bit um, correct. So Yes, I'm keeping out the way of the, the young brothers because I see them some from time to time, but I don't think Darlin or Derek Young will be happy with me when I predicted a heavy defeat for them, but great credit to them, and I, I know Darren. The manager there is doing exceptionally well, very highly regarded at East Fife. And you know, when I talk to people around Petodre, there, both young brothers are well respected mm. for their efforts for Aberdeen. So it's good to see them doing well in management. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then the the game of the day, the game of the weekends. Um, I don't think any of us could have predicted just how sticky a day it would have been for. For Aberdeen at Dens Park, uh, Craig and I, Alan, both went for 3-1 Aberdeen. I think we thought it was going to be fairly comfortable in the end, but it was anything but. No, I I had two, uh, but I'm guessing we're claiming it was after 90 minutes, wasn't it? Yes. The, me- the message the message thing, I got, you're not getting three after, I'm not getting three for that. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> well, one thing that, uh, you know, upset uh, 
upset Dundee was their new captain, uh, Jamie Ness, from Plymouth Argyle. You remember Jamie is well known for a great goal he scored for Rangers against Celtic when it kept being shown and screen repeated. Mm. A great shot from outside the box, yeah. left, left foot. Now he's the new Dundee captain, I noticed, and uh, the unfortunate thing was after an hour, they're telling me it, later that he started the game with a slight injury and was beginning to play up at half time and he was taken off now they say that and I think I agree with them that that affected the Dundee performance for the latter part of the game their their main man in midfield had to go off because there was a recurrence of the injury that uh, made him doubtful before the game yeah. so we were fortunate in that regard but uh, you know obviously we were the better team I think quite clearly at uh, Dens Park and deserve to win the game but we made it hard you know yeah. and uh, the great support helped you know if the sport had done what I've sometimes seen in the South Stand at, at uh, Pataudry them leaving when things aren't going well if they'd done that you know psychologically it wouldn't have been the same for our lads to keep going as they did so I give great credit to the Aberdeen away support yeah I think as we always as we always do on this show um, yeah. I think, and that's like we're going back to what we're touching on with the Hearts game. That was certainly um, the Hearts game at home was about as loud as I've heard Pataudry yes. for, a, for a domestic fixture that isn't one of the old firm in a long time. Yeah, no, it, it was it, very impressive. It'll be the same at Tynecastle in the cup uh, when we go there in the next round of the cup. We, we need we need more noisy Pataudrys though, don't we? Because um, I remember it was Sir Alex um, said back in the day, you know, you can. You can hear the sweetie papers rustling, and unfortunately, um, all too often that is the case at Pataudry, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, just quickly on to some other of this week's footballing news. New signing for Cove, Dave, former Aberdeen player Fraser Fivey, Craig, a player you'll know. Yes, I know Fivey very well, you know, Fraser, and I should call him Fraser, but, uh, you know, we always call him Fivey, even to his name, you know, the, the boys in the dressing room, uh, they called him. When I came to Aberdeen, uh, I had known that Fivey was a brilliant young player and unfortunately in I think a game at Alloa on the, the blaming the artificial sort he got a bad injury from which I don't think he's fully recovered but I'm going to say this I, I saw him on uh, I saw the last two Cove games actually because they were on Saturday we were Sunday and he played very very well in his opening game for it's quite difficult to go there onto that surface and join a new team and make an impact. But Cove played very well, and I thought Fivey had an outstanding uh, debut for, for Cove, so it looks to me to be a very good signing. Scott, yeah. Scottish Cup winner, FA Cup winner yeah. in League Two. He should really yeah. kick on in that league, and a Cove mm-hmm. side that I think will really kick on in that league. Well, it's Cove impressed me greatly, I know, and uh, I thought the way they're playing against, and I've seen the last couple of games, I saw at the end of the season when they trounced Berwick Rangers to confirm their uh, promotion, uh, they're on the up and up without doubt, and I know the manager obviously very well, but one guy I know that's not well known up here is the assistant manager. What, uh, when I was at Motherwell, he was in charge of the development team, and Gordon Young is a brilliant coach and uh, you can see signs of the two of them, Hartley and Young, together, getting that team well organised. I watch the organisation of the team, and I think it's terrific at Cove. So, good luck to them, and uh, certainly I've enjoyed the last two matches at uh, Balmoral Stadium. Yeah, talking about Fraser Fivey, um, you know, it, it was only just a matter of months ago that he was captain of Dundee United, and I remember speaking to... 
um, Robbie Nielsen, the head coach there, um, not so long ago about what a great guy Fraser was to have around the place, to have in the dressing room, to have in the squad. So I, I think this is a great coup and it speaks volumes for the, the ambitions of uh, of Cove Rangers. You know, Keith Moorhouse, the chairman there, what a, what a wonderful job he's done over the years building that club up. It's been tremendous and joined, of course, by you know various uh, guys behind the scenes that have you know been so wholehearted in their devotion to Cove Rangers for 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 many many years. It's been a, a great team effort, and you know the, they say you you reap what you sow as a club, and that that certainly seems to be happening now. May I say, in that context, if you don't mind, that I had the privilege of sitting beside John Sheeran at the match, mm. and I've been with many managers and ex-managers and. You know, by coincidence, you're sitting beside them in the director's box. And I was yeah. sitting beside John, and I listened. Everything he said was absolutely spot on. Yeah, you know, great he, guy. He, he, he actually he could predict where a ball was going to go. He could predict uh, what the player was going to do. He was, and he would say to him, "Play it wide, play it long, close him down." And you would hear him. He was actually managing the team from his seat quietly. You know, obviously, <laughs> but you know. Quite often you hear managers and you say, oh, that's a lot of nonsense he's talking. But John Sheeran, in my opinion, everything he said was spot on in regarding regarding the game of football. And I think Paul Hartley and, and uh, Gordon Young are very privileged to have a guy, director of football, with as great a knowledge. Yeah. Certainly a knowledge of the football in, in this part of the world that John has. And I was hugely, well, I've met him many often, very often, but I haven't actually had the privilege of sitting beside him. And he can't, he was actually at one point shouting down <laughs> to Jamie Masson <laughs> to give him instructions. <laughs> and I said to him, John, you're not the manager. But he laughed. But he just couldn't help himself. Force of habit. He's, so, yeah. aye, he's yeah. so enthusiastic about his team and about the club. And no bitterness that he's no longer the manager. Mm. He's, no. He's, he's got a nice title there. Nice. Uh, director of football, I'm saying. Yeah. That, well, I had the best job I had in football was the same job, but they had a different title. I was called football consultant. And I was kind of hinting that that would be a good title for them. At, uh, that's, in fact, that's what he is. Because quite honestly, managers don't like the title director of football. They think this guy's there to mm. direct them. And that was the case when I went to uh, Derby. Mm. And the chairman said to me, well, we've, we've had issues. The director of football title is not respected here. Uh, we'll need to get another title. <laughs> and, and it was the same job. But uh, I was called football consultant, which was I thought was a good title, and uh, I think that's in fact I think what John Sharon is, and I, I kind of whispered to the chairman, but whether he's taken me up on it, I don't know. I said you could be the first, he could be the first football consultant in Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about great managers, great guys, um, you're obviously Craig close friend of uh, Sir Alex. Um, have, have you spoken to him of late? Have you had a chat with him? How's he getting on? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because uh, I've spoken to him and I've texted him quite a lot uh, recently because I don't want to uh, to bore you, but uh, my son was uh, lost his wife, you know, and, and uh, with cancer a few years ago, and he's a great charity worker for the hospice. Yeah. yeah. And, he had a, a dinner in there and I phoned Sir Alec and said to him, could you send us up some Manchester United material for the charity? And he couldn't have been kind of jersey, a tie all signed. And what really took a trick was, he said, my last club was Air United. 
I played for the air and he said it's the most favourite club I had and the manager there was the manager my favourite manager Ali McLeod and Ali was my manager at air my last club and I loved it and I'm going to send you a replica a, a retro jersey and I'll sign it and he wrote a message on it you know to whoever was going to buy it in the option, auction and he said that uh, uh, this is my be- uh, favourite club Air United it was my last club and uh, I played for I wish I'd played for Ali McLeod longer I was only 18 months with him and it would have been great and of course that was a big mm. attraction then he said I better watch what I'm saying here because everybody will be phone Alec looking for tickets but he said and give the guy that wins the auction prize a couple of tickets for a game so Two weeks ago, the lad who paid plenty of money for the prize uh, phoned me up and he said, would it be all right if I get two tickets for the game against Chelsea? So I phoned Sir Alec, I phoned Alec, I can't remember to put the sir in. I phoned him and I said, yes, he said, yeah, no problem. He says, tell him to go to the reception. Kath Phillips, my PA, will meet him and put him in the director's box and I'll meet him in my lounge, he's got a wee lounge after the game the boy was flabbergasted that, that won this, but the day before it he actually texted me Alec and he said could you tell me the names of the people who are coming so that we put it in the door and I wrote the names back and I said uh, and instead of sending me the instructions where did he go and everything he sent me his bet for the bookie <laughs> but, it, but it lost he <laughs> said I think I made a mistake there with that text I sent you the two horses that he picked lost but uh, well, I was laughing and uh, so you're saying have I been speaking to him well I've been in quite a lot of contact with him particularly over this recent mm-hmm. uh, dinner in air and the, the kindness and the guy came back and shown everybody in air and he's He's got a physiotherapy business. He's got the photo on the wall. He and his father, Sir Alec in the middle, Saltshire in the middle, and Sam Allardyce must have been the game. Sam Allardyce in the middle. So the guys, right. he can't believe his good luck uh, going down there and getting that treatment. A, a wonderful man. and a, That's exactly what I'm trying to say. A, a, great, a great character as, as, as well. Um, you, you must have uh, seen that character that Fergie had and still clearly has uh, much in evidence over the years. Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, when I was at Aberdeen, he kept texting me, or he started a series of texts, do you know the oldest manager in Scotland? And I wrote, well, how do you know I know everything? And then he said, another text a few days later, you're the oldest club manager in Britain. And I said, oh, am I? You know that as well. Then he came over with a third one, you're the oldest club manager in Europe. He says, and I phoned him, I said, how do you know that? He says, look, Brun, call me Brun, I know everything. And I said, oh, do you? And he said, there's only one man saves you, and it's Trapatoni, but he's an international manager. This was at the time. Are you trying to tell me something? And said, well, so when I retired up here, and Archie and I said to the chairman, we think we should finish at the end of the season. Two weeks after it was publicised that we were going, who retired? Alec Ferguson, because... Alex, six months younger than I am, we played in the same, that's why I'm so friendly with him, we played in the same Scottish youth team and we roomed together. So, you know, I've been friendly with him all those years. And if you don't mind me boring you with this story, I was teaching in the College of Education in Air. I got a call one day, 1986, and the secretary came and says, there's a guy, you have to phone him back, 
uh, he's called Alec Ferguson and I says this is McCoy winding me up because Alec had he was the Aberdeen manager and he'd just got the job to replace Jock Steen when Jock died and I'll never forget I phoned him hello Brun how would you like the holiday of a lifetime I said well, where are we going he says I have to take the team to Mexico you know I said, I, he said I'm looking to staff get some staff would you like to come as one of the coaches I said I've got a job I need to get off my, my work he says ask for unpaid leave of absence and we'll pay you I said, well, it's not the money situation, but I can't do anything off. He says, it's June. Surely students are... Well, they were finishing. But the funny, this is the the good bit of the thing. He said, we've got three games to play, but we won't let that interfere with our enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was a good line because the results would confirm that was the case. But that was me. That's what started me with the SFA. Uh, Alec inviting me to go with the Scottish team to Mexico. So that was an interesting... A revealing trip. So I had ten games with. They had Alec was ten games manager of Scotland, mm-hmm. and I never once heard him raise his voice. You know they talk about the hairdryer. Yeah. And Alec actually tells me, you know, one or two of the players will tell you Petodre, he could blast if he wanted. But with these boys, you know, we're ta- you're talking about the Sunnises and the Douglas. Well, Douglas didn't go to the World Cup. We played in some of the other game. He never raised his voice. It was conversational. The way I'm talking to you, well. I want, what, if we got a free kick, what, what do you think? And it was so democratic. I couldn't believe it. I thought it would be autocratic the way around the team. Maybe it changed, but certainly with the Scottish team, and it was an education. You know, you learn more in 10 games with Alec mm-hmm. than you learn a lifetime with anybody else. I'm sorry, I'm going on here. No, boring, no, not at all, Craig. But it's all. a podcast. But it's it, a podcast. But, but, I'm just sitting here enjoying it. No, yeah. but, uh, no but I say to the man, is, uh, you know, he's it's very, very firm opinions and I remember Celtic doing well when they got to uh, they got to Seville in the final of the uh, the UEFA Cup on their way they played Blackburn and Blackburn came up to Glasgow and drew nothing nothing and played Celtic off the park and when I went to the game at Blackburn I was at Preston at the time who's sitting next to me Alec Ferguson and Alex says I'm telling you something I said what are you going to tell me he said the Celtic will beat them I says no they won't Blackburn outplayed them up at Celtic but he says they will beat them he says because the away goal is the thing that will do it and he says Larson is the man for the away well he was right halfway through the half mm-hmm. Larson scored and he, I was bruised he was I told you <laughs> and then the second half an interesting thing he, he said and this I've always said this to supporters and people a corner kick for Celtic now Blackburn are one down at half time they need two goals to win so it's a corner for Celtic. So he leaves three players up. Soonest was the manager. He left three up in the halfway line. He says, he says, half shut your eyes, Brun. Look at that penalty box. You know, I said, why am I? Just look at it. What do you see? I said, I says, it's empty. It's it. That favours the attackers. Why has he left three up? It was, it was amazing. He said, everybody should defend. Everybody back defending the, the corner. Well, he says, Celtic will score here. Well, Thompson took the kick, delivered it brilliantly, and Sutton, two nothing Celtic, and again I was bruised. <laughs> he said he should have everybody back to the, you know, and, and you're sitting listening to small things. Now I I go to games and I hear if the manager leaves a couple up or leaves someone up, at a, or takes everyone back rather, they're saying why? How are we going to counter attack? Alex says when Smichael caught the ball, I had Cantona and Giggs at the edge of the box, and they took off. They were back defending. And he said, he threw the ball on the run, they were away, and we counter-attacked from the edge of our own penalty box. <laughs> now, 
wee gems that you get from a guy with Alex's knowledge and experience, I think are wonderful. They're nuggets to me. And, you know, when you bring everyone back and you're the manager, the crowd are shouting, yeah, you get somebody out of the park, you know. And that's nonsense, according to the best manager on the planet, Alex from, Ferguson. From, from your own personal experience, Craig, what, what's your your favourite, your funniest Fergie memory there must there must be a few spring oh, to mind well, I, I, I've got plenty of funny memories not, not so many about Alec but one when we played uh, I was at Clyde and we played Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup uh, at Shawfield now it was the cup the team came down to play us that won the, <laughs> the had been Real Madrid the year before and so it was North Sound who phoned me on the Thursday night I'm at uh, we were playing on Saturday against Aberdeen and I got a call from North Sound as a girl who I, I, I'm sorry I don't know who it was, but she said uh, we've got Sir Alec in the studio. Uh, uh, we're doing a, a two-way thing, so we talked about the game. And then the last question: she said, "Have you any message for your friend Sir Alec?" I said, "Yeah, I have." It wasn't Sir Alec, Alec Ferguson. I said, "Yeah, I've got a message for him." Now Alex must have been sitting here, and I said, "Tell him we've not rolled the park for three weeks." And we're playing with an unlocked ball <laughs> because, he, because he hated an unlocked ball because apparently a ball had swerved in the cup final and beaten Jim. Uh, unlocked, we blamed the ball for beating Jim late in a goal. I think Celtic's goal. Anyway, and I knew with, with Strachan and McGee and Eric Black and all these guys and Peter Weir running the ball, I knew a nice pitch would suit them. So I didn't... I, the pitch was all choppy and roll. So when the interview finished, I put the phone down in my office and... Clyde Football Club and within 30 seconds the phone rang again now obviously it finished here in the studio at North Sound you better get that part rolled yeah but you know he's calling me for everything I says the part's not getting rolled well you know that he sent his assistant Willie Gardner in the morning at 11 o'clock I was at the ground early and they were staying at the hotel at the airport the Aberdeen team and Willie appeared what are you doing here he says he sent me along to see the park <laughs> <laughs> well I said well tell him we're no rolling and Willie he says that's terrible I said well that's our park you think we're going to give Aberdeen every favour well of course when Alec came he was raging and he gave me you know it was a friendly blast I said that's, that's the pitch you're playing on but Ian Angus scored in the first half I can't remember who scored but they beat us 2-0 uh, deservedly of course because they had a great team but we made it quite awkward and you're saying that humorous Alec Ferguson story well that's one that he did not like there's another one in the World Cup when he took me to Mexico that uh, Teddy Scott he took Teddy Scott from Aberdeen mm. and Teddy and I were uh, having a walk in the hotel one night and there's a big and this was in Mexico and there's a big uh, lounge and a white grand piano and Teddy and I were starting we saw this guy Given a, a payment to the waiter, right, and the and it allowed him to go and play the piano. It was a but he wasn't playing it at all. It was plugged in, and of course everybody thought he was playing it. So, <laughs> so we, what do you call him, uh, Teddy? It was right, It was Alec and I were walking, and I, and uh, Teddy was in the other room. Alex says that's brilliant. He says we'll get Teddy Scott. He says, and, and Alex spoke to the waiter. He said, and they gave him a. $20 and he said would you do the same for me when the staff come through and I said ah. and the waiter said yeah I said ah, that'll be great because we'll be bringing the staff through and Alec will go at the grand piano 
and the white. <laughs> so we come through, we're sitting at a table, had a weed right now. He said, I'm going to go and play that piano. And Teddy's like, I didn't know he could. Oh, so he's, he was very good. I knew him as a boy. He's good in the piano. Of course, Ali went up to the piano and the vibe at the, the chap put the lid up and Alex sat behind it. And I'll never forget, Teddy, he said he was... I think I have heard him tell me about every goal he has scored. I have never heard him tell me he could play the piano. <laughs> and it was brilliant. The lad put the lid down and Alex smiled and walked away. But we're a bit naive and adolescent, but we enjoyed. We had some good fun. Absolutely. Um, another great partner I must ask you about. Uh, Archie, Archie Knox, he was a, a, a great uh, partner to you. You you were quite a dynamic duo, weren't you? Well, I wouldn't say we were dynamic, but we we, we did well. They tell us, uh, you know, at Motherwell when we were there together, well, of course we were in Scotland together as well, but we were together at Motherland at Aberdeen, and we didn't set the heather and fire at Aberdeen. But at Motherwell, I think they say uh, we've got the best record of any Motherwell management team in the Premier League, the best Motherwell manager record I gather is uh, David Hay but David was in the league below mm-hmm. so he did won that league handsomely but in the Premier League Alec, Archie and I did well at Motherwell and then uh, maybe that Aberdeen came and asked us to come to Aberdeen who were at the time I think I've got to remind you in case you think I was all that hopeless that the bottom of the league <laughs> Aberdeen Absolutely. well detached and you know no money things have improved greatly here because of the investment in the club and the success that Derek's had has helped to make the club totally different from the one that we came to, which was uh, a period that lost nine nothing to Celtic and five nothing to Hearts. You know, it was. Oh. It wasn't a. It was a challenge. Let's put it they that way. But, but it was an enjoyable one. But Archie was. He's a great colleague. But all the men he killed are still alive, and I keep saying that because he barks loudly and. Forcefully, there are so many stories. What What do you want me to tell you about when uh, I was introducing disabled football to Scotland, which I, I'd seen in Russia, and it was wheelchair football, and uh, all the coaches were down at Largs, all the managers, and I had seen disabled football, and I'd phoned a guy in Fife at the Northis Institute, Richard Brickley, would you bring a disabled team to show the managers wheelchair football? And when the kids came, they were starstruck. They saw all the managers. Oh, oh, there's Walter Smith from Everton. Oh, there's Gordon Strachan in Southampton. There's Graham Soonis Blackburn. You know, and, and the late, great Tommy Burns from Reading. They were starstruck. And all our own managers, the three Crabbit McLean brothers, <laughs> and the, a white Jimmy Calderwood <laughs> was there. They were all no, there. No, there's no such thing, surely. No, well, Dick Campbell. So when the kids that were in the wheelchairs, they said they were starstruck. And they said, could you get a team of managers to play the players, to play them. The, the guy in charge, I said, well, I've got a team. How many wheelchairs X have you got? So I'll give you six. My goalie was Brian Gunn. He was in the course. So I said, Brian in goal. Alec Ferguson, desperate to play. He's at Manchester United. Uh, Walter Smith at Everton at the time. So I've got three, and I'm looking about, and I, I look, and I get Dick Campbell to play. That was a serious mistake. <laughs> I get the... Jimmy Nickel, I think it was, and Jimmy Calderwood. So we had five, anyway. And as usual, I made a selection error. And it wasn't in my early at this time. The selection error was Walter's assistant at Everton, a guy called Archie Knox. So the game started, and within five minutes, we're three down. And there's a guy with no legs, a wee guy, 
hits the ball in the front of his chair, he scored three. Every time he, ch- he scores, he takes it. How did you like that, you big blue nose, he says. <laughs> How did you like that? And, and Archie says, son, I'll do you. Shut up. The boy scored again, and he, he was rubbing into Archie. You big blue nose. And uh, Archie says, I'll do you. So the boy thought Archie was joking. So he's going down the side of the hall. <laughs> Archie's coming across the diagonal. By halfway across, Archie's lost control. He whacked the boy. The two chairs get mangled up together. The ball went, ran free, and the two of them fell. And the wee lads can't get up. He's need help up. Now, Archie fell out his chair. But Archie helped the boy back into the chair. The game started again. The wee lad scored again. He was giving it that. And Archie can pass me. And he's saying, Brun, you'll need to substitute me. I said, what's the problem? He says, my arms. He's, this, my arms are hanging off. They're absolutely knackered. The wee boy heard them. He says, no wonder his arms are knackered. I put his brake on when he fell. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that story about Archie. <laughs> But all the but as I say, all the men, Archie, Archie wouldn't kill anyone. He's the kindest guy, uh, and the wee lad, he got the one over Archie. So I always tell that story about Archie in the wheelchair. We were the first country in Europe to have a coordinated disabled program of for football. I'm proud to say that, and now it's power chair football, and the, the best team in the country, I believe, in power chair football is Clyde, and they have a league. Wow. There. So these are power, amazing power, uh, and they've got a, a, a sort of shield at the front of the oh. wheelchair, and you hit the ball uh, with it. Okay, and they're re- I mean, it's fantastic when you see it. But uh, I'm getting carried away here about oh. the, the the wheelchair and the power chair football. Well, I think it's all right. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to just about wrap this up because we've been going for quite a while. I could Lovely. sit. I could sit and listen to Craig's stories all day. Yeah, I, might, so could I. I might just stop the recording, Craig, and we can just sit and listen to stories uh, all day. Plenty, plenty of stories. <laughs> and I, can t- I can tell you other ones now. Close <laughs> <laughs> the microphone turn off. That's right. Put the microphone off. I can tell you real stories. No, well, this has been the Red Review, Dave. I would say safely our best one yet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's no, it's it's been, it's been great. We're we're going from strength to strength, hopefully. No, and Craig, thank you so much for thank joining us on this welcome. one. We really well, appreciate happy it. Happy to be here, thanks. I'll be and, happy uh, to come anytime you want. We'll be I back. Can, I can bore you anytime, guys. <laughs> no. Back with more nonsense than We'll next be back, back next week from usual podcast places and at northsound1.com. Northsound1 Red Review.